Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. stand to your feet and give honor where honor is due. Come on, give Pastor Don your best as he comes to bring the word. You're in for a real treat. Thank you, Pastor Don. Good morning, our Savior's Church. How are we doing today? Our smiles working today. Let me see them. I'm looking. See Hands working. Good. I want you to use both of them today. You can be seated. Thank you so much. If I have not yet had the chance to meet you, it's because you weren't here a few years ago when my family practically grew up uh, at, this, at this location. And so it's always an honor. I feel like I come home um, when I'm at Midtown and uh, super great. For those of you that do know us, I brought a picture to update you on, on what's been happening with the kiddos. Um, we've had a couple more since you guys saw us last. Um, we refer to them as the Normlets, you know, R-M-L-E-T-S, the Normlets. Um, and we've just about figured out how to make them all look the same. Um, I'll tell you, it takes lots of practice, but we'll leave that for another, uh, another message today. I am super excited to be here for a couple reasons. Um, one of them, do you guys not have the most incredible pastors here at this location? Dr. Scott, the knowledge, the wisdom, I mean, good night. And then Pastor David, okay, y'all do know it's not fair that y'all get two pastors, because I'm taking this complaint straight to the top. It is not, this has got to be the most mature campus we have out of all of them because you guys have such incredible gifts ministry. Y'all help me honor your pastors uh, real quick. Two weeks ago, Kayla and I celebrated our 20th anniversary being on staff here. Um, two weeks ago to the day, and uh, it's, been, it's been fun. It's been fun. I've learned a couple of things. Uh, being at Our Savior's Church, um, one of them uh, that, that just rings so true, um, since I've, especially since I've been in New Iberia. Um, how many of you know we love people? We love people. How many know God loves them more? God loves them more. Think about this for just a second. Here's, here's what that tells me. Every new face, every new family I see walk through the doors reminds me that God loves them so much, and now he can trust us to take care of them to be a church to them, to relate to them. God wouldn't be sending anybody here if we couldn't handle it. He loves them too much. Okay, now do me a favor. Look at the empty seat next to you. How many of you know somebody that should be sitting there? Let's be the kind of church that God can send them to. Amen? You get the phrase, I'm sure you've heard this before, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. You heard that before? I want to tell you a story of one of my favorite first impressions. It was my first date with Kayla. Very first date with Kayla. Um, we, we, had, uh, we were living at the Broussard campus and the internship there at the time, and, and this was way back many, many moons ago, and uh, our first date was supposed to be at Zia's restaurant. Come on, somebody. Thai ribs, Asian almond shrimp, corn grits. That's what I'm talking about. You know you know them corn grits. I say, I say supposed to because our first date ended up being at Mel's Diner. And I, I, I know what you're thinking, Pastor Don. How did you end up 
choosing Mel's Diner over Zia's. And that's the point of the story. I didn't choose. I didn't choose. This is how we ended up at Mel's Diner instead of Zia's. Again, you got to understand, those of you young people in the room, let me date myself for just a little bit. Back in the day, you couldn't just plug something in on your phone, GPS-wise. We had MapQuest. We had to download like seven, eight pages of turn-by-turn instructions. And when, again, dating Kayla, we, we hadn't lived in Lafayette for maybe a year or so. And I asked Pastor Jacob, where, where can I go? Where can I go on our first date? And he said, man of God, let me tell you, go to Zia's, get the Thai ribs, the Asian almond shrimp, and the corn grits. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. So this was back before the ambassador extension. So to get from our Broussard campus anywhere in Lafayette, you had to snake through like 800 different places, up La Nouvelle, down Verrot, all, all the way going. Pinhook was just two lanes, just two lanes. I'm, I'm, I'm dating you too, just talking about, uh, about this. I couldn't roll up into my first date with this hot woman right here with MapQuest directions. You know what I'm talking about? I couldn't, couldn't do it. So I had to memorize the directions to get there. I had to memorize them. It was like seven, eight pages. I'm a smart cookie. I thought I, 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 thought I had it. And we're driving, and we're driving. You got to know this about me. I'm the planner in, in, in the relationship. All the details to a T, know what's happening, no surprises, all of that. Kayla's like, hey, I'm just here for the party. She is the fun one. She's the spontaneous one. She's the one that likes to make all the memories. I have to plan to be spontaneous. That's how it works. In our relationship, I have to plan to be spontaneous. And so she's perfectly fine, and it was the greatest idea. I'm going to surprise her and not tell her where we're going. We're just going to jump in the car, and we're going to drive to Lafayette for our very first date. And uh, she's letting me lead. She's, she's doing great, and she's just so content just being there. We're almost to Maurice. <laughs> almost to Maurice when she says, hey, um, where, where are we going? great restaurant I heard Pastor Jacob, you know, talk about. It's called Zia's. They've got some amazing Thai ribs, some Asian almond shrimp, some roasted corn grits. Some of y'all are thinking, hurry up, Pastor Don. I know what I'm doing for lunch. She said, I, 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 think, I think it's that way. And I realized, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. So even the first date, turn around, we get to Zia's, I'm all fired up. We walk inside, the hostess is there, offers us a seat in the bar. I said, no, no, thanks, we'll, we'll just get a table, you know, it's, it's the first date, we're kind of looking for it. I'm so sorry, the kitchen's closed. And I thought, no, no. How many of you are grateful for 24-hour Mel's Diner? I, I, I dined her and romanced her over some chrome furniture and neon lights. Poodle skirts up on the wall. Chocolate milkshake, brownie sundae, Mel's bailed me out, and it worked to this day. Kayla's, Kayla's still here, still letting me lead, still letting me drive us all over, all over the world. And uh, sure, I, I had a picture of what our first date was supposed to look like, um, but I lacked two things to help me get there. I, I lacked a map, I lacked a turn-by-turn set of directions, and, and I lacked a relationship uh, to help me. I lacked a tour guide. And, and I ended up settling on Mel's when I could have had Zia's. And the truth is today, I think I just described some of the spiritual lives of many of the people here in the room, those that I've met along the way. I started off, Pastor Don, with the best 
of intentions. I had a, a picture of what walking with God was going to look like, but somewhere along the way, I ended up settling for just attending church. And if I'm honest, Pastor Don, I feel, I feel stuck. I love God, but I'm wondering aimlessly in my spiritual life. I've got no directions, no steps to take, and no one to help me get there. I attend church every week, but I don't think I'm growing spiritually. You don't have to raise your hand. Just, just wink at me so I know, I know who we're talking about. How about you? Are you attending church every week, uh, but are you, you're not growing? Are, are you taking next steps? Do you know what steps there are for you to take? Because here's what I know about life. Just hearing about Zia's and those amazing Thai ribs and that Asian almond shrimp and those roasted corn grits isn't going to get you there, is it? No, you got to leave the parking lot and get on Marie Antoinette. And you got to turn left, head toward Congress. I know you're thinking you're supposed to turn right, Pastor Don, because Johnson Street's right there. Don't be that guy. <laughs> when you leave church, there will be a guy trying to turn left on Johnson Street right. right here with everybody coming this way. And all of us that are trying to turn right are going to be thinking something about you that I'm trying to help you. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be that guy. Okay? So you're going to turn left. You're going to go around Jason's Deli to Foreman Street. And you're going to get on the light like every normal person. And then you're going to do what I do, and you're going to take a left, and you're going to get to Doucette Road, and you're going to take a right. You'll pull into what looks like Red's Monstrosity, but right there, tucked in the corner, is some of the best Thai ribs, Asian almond shrimp, and roasted corn grits that you and I are going to have today. Are you hungry yet? Don't lie. You're looking at your watch wondering, how much longer is he going to say? If he says Thai ribs, one more time. I see this in Scripture. I see this in Scripture, this idea. Um, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is verse 24. Through 26, I think we're going to have it up on the screen for you. Paul likens our lives to running a race. Here's what he says. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? Look at this. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. What's he talking about? I know you've seen the ancient Olympics, uh, the ancient Greece Olympics, right? They're running. And when they, when, they, when they win, they get a crown, but it's not a metal crown. It's a wreath. It's, it's an olive branch that they've woven into the crown. Now, what happens, do you think, over time, many, many years afterwards to that wreath? Is it still lush and green and beautiful? No. Many of you have your wedding bouquets still in the closet from when you were married. They don't look the same, do they? A little withered, a little frail, a little fragile. Why? Because they're perishable. Anything growing, when you unplug it, it starts to perish. But how many of you know we're running for something that doesn't perish? We're running for an imperishable crown, all of eternity that will last. The way you run your life matters. That's what he's saying. We don't run. They, they run it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. Look at this, verse 26. So I do not run what? aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. Here's the illustration. Similar effort, no outcome. The boxers that just box the air, they're putting forth all the effort, but no outcome. Paul says there are two ways to run this race, but only one way to reach the prize. Two ways to run, only one way. Here's the first one. One way is to run aimlessly. Oh, it looks like you're running, but you're not going anywhere. Your alarm clock goes off on Sunday morning and you put on the nice clothes. You get to church and act like you hadn't just aggravated and fought with your kids and your spouse and everybody else 
trying to get to church, and you walk in here, and you raise your hands, and you look like you're running the race, but the reality is you're stuck, you're not growing, and you haven't made any real progress spiritually. You see the difference? He's also saying the other way is to run intentionally, taking next steps, each one getting you closer and closer to where God wants you to be, a blessed life, a life of fulfillment. Here's what I realized that day. I wasn't getting to Zia's on my own. I wasn't. I needed a map of steps to take, and I needed a tour guide, somebody to help me, somebody to help me walk through the steps I needed to take. Some of you know Pastor Sean Boudreaux. Uh, it's actually Tyler's older brother. Um, helps us pastor and lead in our new Iberia campus. And he says this about himself. I don't know if it's true, but this is what he says. He says, I'm directionally challenged, and I'm so directionally challenged that I have to put my, my mom's address in the GPS on my phone when I go see her. I don't know how directionally challenged you have to be, but if you have to use your GPS to get to your mama's house, come see me after service. I want to help you. I've got this MapQuest website I want to teach you about. Here's what he said. He said, I love it. It helps me get everywhere I need to go. I don't go anywhere without using my GPS, but the first time I opened it, the app asked me, can I have permission to know where you're at? And here's what he said. He said, the moment I gave it permission to know where I'm at, it can help me get anywhere I need to go. And I got to thinking, man, that's so true about our spiritual lives as well. If you can tell me where you're at, if you give me permission to know where you're at, I can help you get where God wants you to go. But so many people I interact with, I can't help them because they won't tell me where they're at. They won't tell me where they're at. Look at your neighbor and say, where are you at? Look at your other neighbor that you just ignored and apologize. <laughs> tell them you're going to take them to Zia's for lunch for some Thai ribs, Asian almond shrimp, and roasted corn grits. So when you hear Pastor David and Dr. Scott, and Tyler, and myself, when you, when you hear the team talk about next steps, I need you to understand, this is not just some class with some fill-in-the-blanks where we're going to get you and try to convince you to do some things for, for the church. Next steps really is the best way I know to help you discover where you are and to connect you with a tour guide to help you get where God wants you to go. Look at this. So you don't run aimlessly in your life. So you don't run aimlessly. I need you to understand, understand two things today, and then we'll go have some lunch. Uh, here's the first one. Your spiritual journey consists of next steps. Every one of us is on a journey, and those spiritual journeys consist of next steps. Let me tell you the power of knowing you're on a journey. Here's the first one. If you know you're on a journey, you won't linger long. Any road trippers? You like to drive, like to go? That's my wife. She's got both hands in the air. I'm not a big road trip fan. I'm a big destination get there when we got there fan. But along the way, I just can't, you know. With five kids, we're constantly pulling over for something. <laughs> Spilled something, ate something, need something. There are no drinks in our car. Not at all. I, you, we'll, we'll get there. When I pull over and we go into the restroom, I'm like, y'all got to go. We ain't lingering here long because I got a destination in mind. When you understand your spiritual journey when your discipleship journey is a spiritual journey, when you've got somewhere you're headed, you don't linger long in those places. Some of us have been lingering a long time at the detour where we are. We've been going down the highway. We took an exit, right, and then we never got back on. We've been lingering because we don't know where we're headed. Here's, here's the thing. The first one, if you know you're on a journey, you're not going to linger long. Here's the second one. You really just need to focus on one step at a time, just one step at a time. Let me tell you the story of my friend Trent, um, who's been attending our new Iberia campus uh, for a couple of years now. When Trent 
first started coming, he was really new to Christianity. Didn't know a whole lot, hadn't grown, hadn't really been in church. And uh, he came to a, a Monday night prayer night that we had, wanted to come and visit. I had another meeting waiting on me. I asked Pastor Ryan, hey, can you visit with Trent? He's got some things going on he needs to talk about. So I'm hearing this story after the fact. Here's, here's the story. Trent's sharing with Ryan all the things that's going on in his life, and it's a mess, right? He hasn't been where he's, where he's wanted to be, and just coming to God has, has helped, and in many ways, he's got some clarity, but he's, he still kind of feels stuck and, and foggy, and Ryan looks at him and says, man, that, that seems tough. You know, I, I, let me tell you what. This week, I'm going to be fasting. You should fast with me. Trent says, well, what's fasting? I don't know. Ryan explains to him, well, I'm going to take a meal that I otherwise would have been eating, and I'm going to set aside time. Instead of eating, I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to intervene, give me some wisdom on the direction that I should take. If you'll do that with me, we can fast and maybe see that God moves in your life. So they do. Trent fasts. God starts to move. A couple weeks later, he's sitting with his mama at lunch, and his mama, seeing all the growth that's happened in his life, looks at him and says, starts to unload her life. Everything going wrong and everything that she can't fix and everything she's upset about and all of this. And Trent looks at his mama and says, Mama, that's tough. Let me tell you what I'm going to be doing this week. I'm going to be fasting. He explains to her what fasting is, and the two of them agree to fast together. Fast forward three weeks, uh, Trent's driving a co-worker down to Fushan. And while they're there, the, the co-worker starts unloading his whole life and everything that's going on and what's working and what's not working. And Trent looks over at him and says, Man, that seems tough. Let me tell you what I'm going to be doing this week. I'm going to be fasting. I don't know if Trent has eaten since <laughs> he met with Ryan. But have you know, he's got one step and he's focused on it. I remember when he started reading his Bible. He caught me in the foyer, spiral notebook. He had written all kinds of notes. Pastor Don, did you know? Did you know? He starts telling me all these things. Like, there's, there's some of the same stories in some of these same. He's, just going, he's so excited about, about this. Two weeks ago, we baptized his uncle. Now, you may be thinking, well, that's awesome, Pastor John. I'm glad. But it was just a couple weeks before that that we had baptized Trent. Okay, what's Trent been doing? Just taking one step at a time, and he's been making sure that everybody around him is taking that same step as well. He's on a spiritual journey. Now, here's what I know about Trent. He's not where he's headed yet, but he's also not where he used to be. Some of us, see, we're over here, and God wants us way over there, and it looks so far, we can't possibly get all the way over there. And God said, no, no, all I need you to do is just take a step in that direction. How many of you heard the word discipleship before? Yeah, the discipleship. Isn't it kind of tough? It's kind of squishy, hard to wrap your head around. What does discipleship look like? How do I, I know I'm supposed to be doing it, but I don't understand. Here's the illustration. Ready? I'm going to simplify it. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. It's like this. It's like he's taking steps in the snow. And every time he takes a step, he's leaving a footprint behind him. And here's what discipleship looks like. All you have to do is put your foot where that foot was. And where that step was, you, you do that one. And here's what happens. When you go through life and you're just focused on next steps, you start taking a step and then a step and then a step and then a step. And before long, you stop and you look up and you think, wow. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm definitely not where I used to be. Taking a step spiritually takes your eyes off of all the bigness and the things that you can't possibly think you get to, and it helps you focus on just the thing that's right in front of you. That's how Trent's been growing. He's just been taking steps. Let me show you this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. 
Paul says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. Look at this. But I run with passion. I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. When's the last time you could describe your spiritual journey, the steps you're taking that way? Hey, I haven't obtained everything, but I am passionately pursuing the very next step that's in front of me. And by doing that, I'm going to reach the purpose that God has for me. How many of you would like to grow that way in your life? Pastor Sean and I were having another conversation once. Both of us had had the opportunity and the privilege of, being, of going to Israel. How many of you would like to be, go to Israel one day? It's incredible. I absolutely recommend if you get an opportunity to go to Israel, go. But we started talking. We went to the same place, but we had two entirely different journeys. I'm like, how can two people go to the same place and have entirely different experiences? And it occurred to us that we had different tour guides. How many of you know the tour guide can make a big difference on the journey that you take? Yeah, I sat down with our tour guide, and, and, and he was somebody that had been ahead of me, had been all the places, knew all the things. He had this brochure, and he started asking me questions about, have I already been? Where are the places that I'm going? What are the things that I would be interested in doing? What are the things that I feel like the Lord wants me to, to make sure I'm a part of when I'm there? And when I gave him permission to know where I had been and where I was, he was, help, he was able to help me put a journey together to help me go. Now, Pastor Sean had his tour guide and had a different journey than I did. How you know it's okay to have a different journey through life? That tour guide used a map. And with that map and the knowledge of where we'd been, he was able to help us get where we needed to be. That's discipleship. That's discipleship. Walking with someone who's helping you take next steps is called discipleship. When you help someone, take their next step spiritually along their journey. That's called discipleship too. How many of you are familiar with Matthew 28? Yeah. When Jesus said, go make disciples, he was essentially saying, hey, go help people take next steps. Pastor Don, I don't know how to help them take next steps. Very simple. Say, I just stepped here. You step here. I just did this. You do that. And you follow us along. We want to teach you so bad how to help people take next steps. We tried to simplify the process as much as we can. Here's what we did. We created a map. We created a map. We, we sat down and we put all the steps we could possibly think of for you to be able to take on your spiritual journey. And a couple of things became really prevalent to us, really apparent to us as we started to look at this. Some of those steps, some of those steps surround joining. Did you know there are steps you can take toward joining here at Our Savior's Church? Sure, there are steps toward joining the body of Christ and becoming born again and trusting in Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. But there's also some steps to take from moving from being a regular attender to a member. What are you talking about, Pastor Don? I thought just because I come to church, I'm a member. No, there's a formal process that you can step into where you differentiate yourself from everybody else who just attends and not only make a commitment to our church, but make a commitment to the other members that are here. There's a step you can take. There are also steps you can take toward growing along your spiritual journey. Who, who knows the verse in the Bible that says, thou shalt pray 15 minutes a day? Doesn't exist, does it? Is there a verse that tells us how much we should pray every day? Mm, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Listen, why is that? How about how much of our Bible we should read? How, a chapter a day keeps the devil away. 
Is that, is that how it works? Listen, no, no. Those things, it, the Bible doesn't say how much to pray and how much to read. It doesn't even say how much to, to give. Why? Because the idea is that as you progress and take next steps on your journey, you'll continue to grow in those. I love that your Bible reading consists of the verse of the day on the Bible app that pops up on your phone. But what would it look like if you actually opened this book and started to read chapter by chapter and verse by verse? It might be growth for you. You can take that step. I love the fact that you're praying 15 minutes a day. You know, what would it look like if you prayed for 30? I know there are people that in this room right here right now that pray for at least an hour a day. They have some room to grow. There are steps to join. There are steps toward growing that you can be taking along the spiritual journey. There are even steps toward grouping. You do realize that real life change doesn't happen in rows and pews on Sunday morning in a service like this, right? You do know, that's, that's not how real life change happens. Where does it happen? Real life change happens in circles and in groups and in me too moments. You know what a me too moment is, right? Where you open up and you share with somebody about where you're at and what you think God's doing in your life. And, and you're not sure whether or not they're going to they're gonna accept you after you say some of the difficult things that God's walked you through. And they look at you and they say, yeah, me too. Wait, you too? That's when real life starts to happen. We're talking about walking into a season of small groups, right? I know many in here that you took the exit because you needed a break. You needed, you, you needed a, a little bit of a pause. You were doing it year after year after year after year. And, and you said, well, this semester I'm going to take off. But you forgot you were on a journey. And you've lingered a little longer than you should. And it's, it's time for you to step back into group life so you can continue to grow. You need to get back in the journey of what God has called us to. There are steps toward joining, steps toward growing, steps toward grouping. Did you know there are steps toward serving as well? I tell people all the time, our Savior's church doesn't happen without a group of people. We call them our serve team. And you can't tell the difference between the staff and the serve team because they're all over the place helping us do all kinds of things. Most of you walked in the door today and somebody greeted you and opened the door. You know we don't need a greeter. People have been opening doors for themselves for a long time. But listen, that door doesn't need a greeter. That greeter needs a door. That greeter needs a place to show that if I don't show up, somebody's going to miss me. And I've grown to a point in my spiritual life where I start to realize it's not about me consuming. It's about me giving and contributing and helping somebody else. There are steps you can take toward serving. There's also steps you can take toward leading. Many people have grown professionally and, and academically just by stepping up into leadership here in the church. What could that look like? Leading a group. Leading a group. What do you mean, Pastor Don? I know several of you have been through the gold books, the discipleship books that we're talking about. Take one of those, invite somebody to a coffee shop, invite somebody to your house and say, hey, let's go through this together and lead them. Well, Pastor Don, I don't know if I'm qualified to do that. I'll answer that question here in just a minute. Look at this. Look at your neighbor and say, where are you at? Look at your other neighbor and say, meet me at, at uh, Zia's. And when you get there, what are you going to order? Thai ribs, Asian almond shrimp, roasted corn grits. I know you're looking at that map and you're saying, Pastor Don, there's a lot of steps. How do I know which step is the best next step for me to take? Well, that's why you need a tour guide. That's why you need a relationship. I remember when Kitty from our New Iberia campus showed up. She was intent on leading a, a, a small group. Pastor Don, I'm ready. I'm going to lead a small group. 
We sat down, we walked through the map, got her connected with, with an individual to walk through, find out where she is. And wouldn't you know, she found out she didn't need to lead a group, she needed to walk through a freedom group first. How many of you have been in freedom, freedom group? Okay, look at me. If you haven't, I'm just telling you, that is your next step. Freedom group is your next step. It won't, it's 13 weeks, small group environment, culminates with a phenomenal conference at the end, two days. You have no idea what God wants to do in your life. If you haven't been through freedom, you need to find a freedom group. We're about to be launching them very quickly. That was a side note. That was free. That's why I want to invite you to intro to next steps. You're going to hear us talking about it. You only need to come once. We're going to do it every month. But there, I'm going to introduce you to a relationship. I'm going to introduce you to a tour guide. We call them connectors. Someone who's been on the journey and knows what steps you could take but wants to know your story and your journey and what steps you can take. I'm not trying to invite you to a buffet of all the things that our Savior's Church has. I'm trying to introduce you to a, a concierge who wants to custom tailor a journey for what God is doing in your life. Last thought. And then we'll close and you can go have some Zias. Number one, your spiritual journey consists of next steps. Here's the second thing. You're further along than you think. You're further along than you think. When, when Kayla and I realized that I was going the wrong way down Johnson Street, it was going to end up in Maurice, right? I had to turn all the way around, go all the way back down to Broussard and start all the way over. Did I have to do that? No, I didn't have to turn all the way around. I just had to go to the last turn that I missed and take that turn. You're further along than you think. Some of you took a left turn when you should have taken a right turn, and it sent you on an entirely different journey. Spiritually, what does it look like when we take a turn and we turn around? It's called repentance, right? Most of us have been conditioned to think that repentance just means stop. I got to stop doing that. I'm going to stop going there. I'm going to stop thinking that. I'm going to stop clicking that. That's not what repentance means. If I would have just realized I was in the wrong place and just pulled off on the side of the road and stopped, would I have gotten where God wanted me to go? No. What is repentance? Repentance is a stop and turn and start going in the other direction. But you don't have to start all the way over. When I realized that the best next step for me was just the last step that I missed, all I had to do was turn around, take the turn I missed, and we were headed on to Zia's. Maybe that's true of you. Maybe you've been taking all the right steps and just one wrong turn had seemingly derailed your entire journey. You don't have to start all over. Let's find that step that you missed. You do know you're never going to grow past your last act of disobedience. I had a man ask, come, come up to me and ask me once, Pastor Don, I, I'm not hearing God's voice anymore. I think he's left me. Well, tell me. Talk to me. And eventually the conversation led itself this way. Well, what was the last thing that you did hear God saying? Have you done it? And here's the whole premise we got to the bottom of. He hadn't been doing the last thing that God told him to do. Why would God give you three steps if you haven't even done the first one? He's a good father. He's not going to expect you to do more than you can do, but he is going to put a step in front of you and expect you to take it. And here's what growth looks like. I just take this step, and when I've taken this step, I take this one, and I take this one. And some of you have lingered long, way too long, and you're not used to taking those steps. I promise you, if you start taking them, they come quicker. When you get in the parking lot today, and you've convinced your spouse to go to Zia's for some Thai ribs and some Asian almond shrimp and some corn grits. Before you start your car, before you pull out in the parking lot to make that left-hand turn on Marie Antoinette, don't be that guy. 
turn, trying to turn left on Johnson Street. I want you to try to turn your steering wheel. When your car is stationary, is your steering wheel easy to turn? No. But once you get going, what happens? You can turn it with a finger. Your spiritual life is the same way. Some of you think, God, it's too hard. I can't do that. Because you're not moving. If you'll just start moving, God could steer you all over the rest of your life and get you where you need to go. Pastor Don, I'm, I'm new to Christianity. I, 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 I don't, I don't what, are you, what are you talking about? That's great. You know where you're at. Now, let me help you take next steps. Even you're further along than you think. We have this thing called regular attendance. It's amazing. You ought to try it. Just keep coming. I talked to, to a man at our campus. He's 31 years old. Just gotten back into church. Said hadn't been in church for more than two weeks at any point of his life. 16 years old was the last time he remembered ever being in church. He said, Pastor Don, I've been in church nine weeks in a row. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. I can't wait until we, for, we can no longer count how many weeks in a row you've been in church. A few weeks ago, he sent me a text message, and all it said was 22 exclamation point. He'd been coming. He's been taking that step. Let's, let's keep going. Well, Pastor Don, I've attended OSC for over 20 years. I've, I've done everything, every time. Do I still need to go to intro to next steps? Well, that depends. That depends. Does God want to use you to help others take their next steps? Because I think if you could answer that question, you'd start to realize that Matthew 28, 19 doesn't say go be a disciple, does it? What does it say to do? Go make disciples. There's a man in our church that had been in that building for 44 years. And we started leading people down next steps and getting them to take. And the growth has happened. He came up to me a few weeks ago and said, Pastor Don, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. What do I need to do? I've been coming. I'm seeing people that haven't been in church as long as I am. They're outpacing me. They're growing. They're passing me up. I see all this life and all this fervor and, and all this fruit from their, from their walks. What am I not doing that I should be doing? I said, hey, come with me to intro to next steps. Oh, I mean, Pastor Don, come on. I mean, I, I know all that. I said, listen, God wants to use you. And I think if God wants to use you here, he's going to teach you how we're doing it here. And if you'll let me, I'll teach you how we're doing it, and you can help us, and you can be one of those that you're seeing. I don't want people to pass you up. Come on, let's go. See, here's the challenge that we've seen over the years. It's easier to help people take their next steps to grow individually. Our American culture loves people who grow individually. But somewhere along the way, we've forgotten how to teach somebody how to help somebody else. We get out there and we say, you can be everything you want to be. Go do it. You can do it. Nothing is too impossible and all these great things that make you feel like you can accomplish the world. But somewhere along the way, somebody forgot to tell you, you exist for somebody else. You exist to help somebody else. And discipleship is hard. And, 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 and what does it look like? Listen, I'm so convinced that this is the right way to lead people because I've seen people grow. And when you no longer have a step to take, you get stuck. And when you get stuck, you can't help somebody else. How many of you want to change your community? You want to make a difference out here. Wouldn't it be great if what we did in here filled the streets out there? Absolutely. There's too many empty chairs in here. We've got some work to do. But listen to me. Communities are changed by the gospel when people inside those communities grow in discipleship. If we want to reach our community, we need to grow ourselves. It's one thing to invite them to church. It's another to help them take next steps. When did we think that bringing somebody to church is all that's necessary to make a Christian. 
Like somehow we bring them and then gears spin and cogs turn and whistle blow and bloop, out pops a Christian. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way, does it? No, not at all. That didn't happen to you. How many of you had a relationship in your life that helped you grow and continue? If you don't, I want to introduce you to one. That's how we do this. So listen, you're going to hear us talk about discipleship. And you're going to hear us talk about next steps. And I don't want it to be so foreign to you that you have no idea what I'm talking about. So I've made it really simple. If somebody says, hey, are you taking next steps? Here's what they mean. This is what I want you to do. I want you to give someone permission to know where you're at. Give somebody permission. You can trust them. They've been there before. Give somebody permission to know where you're at. Here's the second thing. I want you to take that next step that they help you find. Start moving. Watch how easy it is to steer your life if you take that step. And then here's the third thing. Keep going. No more detours. No more lingering off course. Let's keep going one step at a time. How do you know your growth is important? Your growth is important. Who knows somebody that should be in church today? Okay, watch this. If you'll start taking your steps, they'll have somebody that they can follow. If you'll start putting footsteps in the snow, they'll have a place to put their feet. One more story, and then we'll close. One of my favorite television shows growing up was The Cosby Show. Any, any Huxtable family fans? The Cosby Show. Who was your favorite character? Mine, too. God, I love Rudy. One of my favorite episodes of Rudy. Uh, Rudy's the youngest of the big family. And uh, she had had enough. She was fed up. School was over. She's done. I'm not going back to school. She's done. Vanessa's in the kitchen. She comes through. I'm quitting school. I'm not going. Of course, as a big sister, humored by the fact that this really isn't going to happen, but she kind of encourages her a little bit. And she says, Rudy, what are you possibly going to do with your life? You're only in the fourth grade. As if Rudy had been thinking about it, she just snapped off. I'm going to teach third grade. I'm going to teach third grade, as if that's all it takes to teach third grade is just to be in fourth grade yourself. And we laugh, but let me tell you, the truth is the same for us spiritually, isn't it? Oh, you don't understand, Pastor Don. I got a detour off at fourth grade, and I haven't really been growing since. What does God want you to do? Teach third grade. Pastor Don, you don't understand. I'm nowhere near where I need to be. Yeah, but listen to me. You're not where you used to be. And there are some people in this room that are back here. And if they could see the steps you've left in the snow, they could put their feet there and they could grow. That's what growing spiritually looks like. I grow for me, but I grow for others as well. Look at this last passage from James chapter 1, verse 22. Language of action, taking next steps. Here's what it says. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry, written and fulfilled by what? Your life. What would it look like if the things God wanted to accomplish through you, he actually accomplished through you? Your life. You do know God's never going to do something in your life that he doesn't want to do through your life. Some of us are so concerned about what God's wanting to do in us that we can't even fathom what it would look like to do something through us. God's saying, if you'll let me do something through you, then watch what I do in you. If you listen to the word, watch this. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and you forget your divine origin. 
But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and what? Respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. Look at this. They experience God's blessing in all they do. What does it take to experience God's blessing? Hear the word and respond to it. You do know that's a pattern throughout all of creation, right? Back at the beginning, the creation story. God spoke, let there be light. What happened? Creation responded. God spoke and we respond. That's how this works. My question to you today is, what is God speaking to you? What has God spoken to you in the time that we've spent here together, in the time that I've tried to convince you we're all going to go join at Zia's for lunch for some Thai ribs and Asian almond shrimp and roasted corn grits? I think God's spoken a few other things to you today, hasn't he? Yeah. I want to invite you to bow your head, close your eyes. I want to give you a moment. I'm asking you not to look around because I don't want you moving around. I just want you listening to my voice. I want you listening to the Holy Spirit. And I want us to respond today to what we think God has said. Honestly, Pastor Don, you may say, I don't even know where I am in terms of my relationship with God. How can I take a next step? Listen to me. That is your next step. You may not know where you are with him, but I promise he knows where he is with you. There was a pastor and author who once said, this is the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things. And I believe God wants to do something in your life so that he can do something in this church, so this church can do something in our community. Jesus was having a next steps conversation with a very religious man. He was considered by those in his community to be a leader. And Jesus was telling them about God's way of doing things and what the kingdom looked like and, and the next steps that were before him. And this is what Jesus told that rich or that, that religious man. Here's what he said. He said, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. You can't even see the kingdom of heaven unless you've been born again. And that born again word was really important as a next step. He continued to unpack for him that, that there's, a, there's a birth that happens to every single one of us. You're familiar. When a pregnant woman goes into labor, her water breaks, and there's a, there's a birth by water that happens. But Jesus was saying, there's another birth that's going to happen. It's a, it's a birth by the Spirit. And that second birth is the one that allows you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That second birth is the one that allows you to see the kingdom of heaven. It happens by the Spirit. You say, well, Pastor Don, how do I know if the Spirit is working in my life? How do I know if I'm being born again as we speak? I would say it's as simple as A, B, C. A is admit. You have to be able to admit. Maybe you're doing that for the first time today. I admit that my choices, my decisions have separated me from a righteous and a loving God. He wanted me to turn right and I turned left because I thought my way was better and it has separated me from him. God hasn't left me, I left him. A, admit. Here's B, believe. Believe that God sent his son Jesus to be a savior of the world, but not just of the world for you. Do you believe that God sent Jesus to live a life that you couldn't live? To pay a debt you couldn't pay? Maybe for the first time today, you're seeing that Jesus came just for you to help you get back on course, to not just help you stop, but to help you stop, turn around, and head in the right direction, that last step that God told you to take. Maybe you're here today and you believe that Jesus came for that. Here's the third thing. See, confess. Confess him as Lord and Savior. Oh, the Savior part's easy when your life's a mess, when you're on the wrong course, 
and you need somebody to help you. It's the Lord part that matters. That's, that's what we're talking about. You're ready to say, Jesus, I give you the rule and reign over my life. I've made too many wrong decisions. I'm going to start living it for you. Listen to me, church. If you're here today and you can A, admit, B, believe, and C, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life, I want to pray with you. I want to acknowledge the work that the Spirit is doing in your life right now. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I've never prayed to be born again today. I don't know that if I died today that the next face I see would be the face of Jesus. But if you're saying, I can, I can be born again today, I can admit, I can believe, and I'm ready to confess, I want to pray with you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed, nobody's looking around. This is just a personal moment between you and God. The Christians in this room are praying for you right now, but if, if God is moving on your heart and you'd like me to pray this prayer with you, I want you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with. I want you to raise your hand and look up at me. Raise your hand and look up at me. Thank you, I see your hand. I see your hand too. I'm looking. Yes, I see your hand. Hey, I see your hand too. I'm looking. Yes, ma'am. I see your hand. I see your hand, both of you. All three of you sitting together. God's going to do that with you guys. He's going to use you. You're going to need each other. You're going to need each other. Come find me when service is over. I want to talk to you. I see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? I see your hand. Both of you, I see your hand. I'm looking. Let's not get stuck anymore. Hey, I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand too. I see your hand too. One more time and then we're going to pray. I don't want to miss this opportunity. I think God wants to get us unstuck today. And he's revealed something to you that you've never, you've never felt before. I want to be born again, Don. I want to get unstuck. Let me see your hand. You raise your hand. Don't raise it again. I want to see. Look at that. Whole family. I love that. I love that. Hey, I see your hand. Anybody else? I don't want to miss. Here's what we're going to do, church. I'm going to invite those of you that raised your hand. To, to pray this prayer with me. It's not the prayer that saves you. The Holy Spirit has did that. You wouldn't have been able to raise your hand if God hadn't done a work in your life just now. But I'm going to ask all of us to pray this prayer together, indicative of the fact that nobody walks through Christianity alone. Say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. And I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for me. And I believe you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to follow you with all my heart, no matter what it costs me. And I declare that God is my Father, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Hey, can you stand? Let's give it up for everybody that made that decision just now. Also, I'd like to show honor to Pastor Don. Thank you, Pastor Don, for that incredible message. Um, so to do something slightly different here at the end of this service, if, if you know, hey, Tyler, I, there is some next step that's on my heart. I might not even know what it is. But if that's you, I want you to take that same connect card that we mentioned at the beginning of service, and I want you to check off Tell me more about next steps on the back. And what that's going to do is that's going to tell us that when we have our next intro to next steps environment to invite you to, that you'll be on a list where we can invite you to come 
to the environment where we will go through that map together. There will be a connector, a table host, a tour guide to help determine what that looks like. So we'd love to have you there, and it's our way to invite you to it. Um, in September or October will be our first one. The second thing is this. If it's on your heart to learn more about leading a small group, I'd like you to check my next step is serving and write small group next to it. And just to give you an idea of what that looks like for me, I went through an intro to next steps with Pastor Don and Pastor Sean. I identified that going through a gold book group was my next step. So I'm going through the gold book group leading it with three other guys. And it's just me going through that book each week, answering the questions myself, showing up and us talking about it. And so I think sometimes we get really intimidated about what that looks like. Am I qualified? Can I do it? What this will do is we'll invite you to a small group leadership training where you can learn more about what it looks like to lead a small group and maybe answer a lot of those questions that have been scaring you because they're ambiguous. So if either of those things are interesting to you, please fill that out. You can leave it on your chair, bring it to Midtown Info. Also, this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., we're going to have a back-to-school prayer and worship night. So we're going to come together 6.30, we're going to worship, and we're going to pray over students, whether it's pre-K to college age. You can come, bring your students. We want to pray, bless them going into a new school year. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for this vision today. I pray that you would put it on our hearts. Whatever you have for us, we say yes, and we want it. So give us the courage to take those steps, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Make your reservations at Zia's.